Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. On Friday, we had those CPI numbers that uh, were hotter than expected. Everyone was a little cautious on Monday. And then the attack of the bear. All it took was a report in the last 30 minutes of trading. And it sent the markets back into bear market territory. It did. So the bear is back. And we saw markets selling off across the world. So global shares down. And we saw Wall Street down. And S&P 5. 500 finally into bear market territory. And that is where we have the markets down at least 20% from their recent record high. And for S&P 500, that was back in January. So that pretty much puts it in a new area when it comes to what might happen next. Will investors uh, expect it to go down further? We'll talk a little bit about that report as well and those expectations. I know you're covering this in the bigger picture, but I mean, I'm just looking at the numbers, right? The closing numbers on Wall Street. Take, for example, the Dow finishing at 30,516 pre-pandemic, right? Mm. Pre-tech rally in that sense, it was 29,000 plus plus. So we're not that far off from being back at square one. Yeah, it is interesting to see how investors are reading into the numbers because if you think about it, 20% a bear market, no milestone or benchmark is ultimately a number. It's been going down, it's been under a bit of a slump in the past few weeks already. So what is 19? What is 20? What is 21%, right? It is... A number, but investors react to these milestone numbers, these levels, and of course, you've got technical analysts just thinking about what's happening next. So, in order for the S and P five hundred to get out of a bear market, it needs to rise twenty percent from where it is right now. <laughs> so, you can imagine the headlines and what people are yeah. reading. So, that kind of feeds into itself what expectations are going to be for investors and earnings and so on. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have a reason to go up, right, 20%. And we don't see any catalysts in that area. There is a Federal Reserve meeting this week. Mm. We have been expecting 50 basis points. That was very clear. The markets were reacting accordingly. But now, it looks like 75 might be a possibility. Yeah, talking about clear, you mentioned 50 basis points. That was being penciled in for this week's meeting, next month's meeting, and maybe even more meetings yes, later this correct. year. But now we are hearing talk about 75 basis points. So you've got more banks just jumping on board this bandwagon. BNY Mellon, Barclays, Jefferies, all forecasting 75. JP Morgan, Chase & Company, the latest to jump on that bandwagon. And they are also penciling in one. 100 basis points. They are calling it... A, I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> 100 basis points. They're calling it non-trivial risk. So they're not ruling out. It's not a okay. base case. But they are still, you know, eyeing it as, hey, maybe if not, things get bad enough. And of course, we've got indicators this week in the form of the PPI numbers yes. in the yeah. US tonight. So stand by for any... For the surprises. It's a weird mathematical equation because you look at the CPI numbers and the question of whether or not inflation has peaked, how aggressive does the Fed need to respond? Mm. And the sentiment is that let's get aggressive now. But what does that mean leading up to that potential recession where some analysts are saying could play out in the next five or six months? Yeah, depending on who you ask. It might yeah. happen next year. Uh, yeah, after that, yeah, some yeah. people are saying there might not even be a recession if you ask um, some of the folks. Um, yeah. They're talking about soft lending. Yeah. So it's all about a debate now about what might happen if the Fed raises rates 
too much, by too fast. And that could, of course, derail some sectors from recovering. And it's quite a tough balancing act right now. But of course, uh, we'll find out come Thursday morning what the final hike will be, or at least the indications of what it will be coming in the next few months. Yeah, we're on a roller coaster. Cryptocurrency also getting slammed. Bitcoin. I mean, when I first reported, it was down 15%. Now it's down 20 Yeah, talk about a sell-off. Investors had very few places to hide. Cryptocurrencies, as you expect, a very speculative asset. People just getting out of that place and Bitcoin prices down over 20%. Now trading under $23,000. Ether, another popular one, down over 27% overnight. Now at around $1,200. So that's something to chew on. And also something, I guess, compounding the bloodshed in the crypto space is how you've got a lot of, in a sense, margin calls trying to liquidate their shares and getting money from elsewhere to top it up. So that kind of brings the crypto space into the equation where people are trying to get money from selling their crypto to just top up their other accounts. Hey, do you think it help us out in terms of getting an even wider perspective? I know we talked about crypto and that's really on the back of how for the past two years, it has been seen as somewhat a safe haven asset. <laughs> somewhat. I say that with all 10,000 disclaimers that I can find. But something a little bit more concrete, like for example, the dollar mm. or even the dollar yen, what are you observing there? Yeah, I remember those days where people were talking about crypto as a safe haven, but I don't think you are hearing that as much these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, looking at a safe haven currency these days, the dollar, that has been picking up quite strongly. And if you look mm. at the dollar index, that has strengthened overnight off the back of those expectations of higher rate hikes. Okay. And you've got the 10 year treasury yield now topping 3.3%, up over 20 basis points. So dollar index now up 1% to a reading of over 105. Mm. And in turn, when the dollar gets stronger, the other currencies, when you put it as a pairing, are weaker. So the Australian dollar versus the greenback, down 1.5% overnight. The British pound down 1.4% overnight. The euro down nearly 1%. Wow. And the Sing dollar weaker by... 0.5% 0.5% at around 1.394 and Ooh. all eyes now will be on the Japanese yen which has been pretty much on a slide downwards and it briefly broke above 135 versus the greenback and is now around 134 so some support from short covering and it's now near 24-year lows versus right. the greenback and you've got Japanese officials now talking about how a weaker yen might not actually be beneficial. For some time, they're talking about how this will help with that inflation yes. problem yes. not being uh, high enough. So they've been letting it weaken in the past few weeks and months. But now it's become a situation where they're thinking, hey, it might be too weak. And mm. it might actually be hurting the prospects of businesses setting up shop in Japan. And that could just play out into long-term fundamental problems. All right, that's uh, definitely one to watch. Although I was just looking back on the Sing dollar to uh, the US dollar. A dollar 39 cents and you've got a US holiday coming up very soon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we talked about this, I think, three weeks ago before, uh, or four weeks ago before I traveled, Mm. we wanted to change money ahead of time. Yeah, it's a tough Regrets. one. <laughs> well, I did change it in the end. So oh, who okay. knows? Maybe it might go even higher. So right. I'm not sure if it will, but um, at least I'm stuck with uh, some US dollars now. All right, that's definitely one to watch. Uh, okay, Ryan returns at 7.35 with the finance update. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.